Welcome to the Man in the Mirror Bible Study Podcast. Today we are continuing our series looking at the fruit of the Spirit. Our topic today is the goodness of God. And our speaker is Tim Amayo. Hey guys, great to be with you here. This is the best place to be on a Friday morning, and so we're glad that you joined us. Um, you guys know how it works. 30 minutes of teaching, 30 minutes of conversation. And um, I'm going to just invite you to make sure you save some time at the end to pray together. Uh, we have uh, so not even really a guest speaker anymore. Uh, we I just keep inviting him, and he keeps coming. So it's, uh, he doesn't know it. Don't tell him, but he's in the rotation. <laughs> So uh, this is Tim Amayo. Tim's been my pastor for a couple of years now, and we serve together up at Grace Fellowship in Sanford. And uh, he's got an interesting past that he probably doesn't have time to share this morning, but he's going to continue us in our... Not if you want me to talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> we're uh, we're going to talk about a fruit of the Spirit, and we're up to goodness now. So uh, settle in, settle back, and here's Tim. Uh, thanks. Good morning, guys. And Brett's, Brett's humble. He's a pastor with me there as well as long as, uh, w- as, well as one other brother. Uh, So when he asked me to come and speak on fruit of the spirit and I said, goodness, oh, fine, I can do that. And then I looked and goodness is the hardest one to define. So thanks for the assignment, Brett. Um, And probably the hardest one to recognize, because uh, especially in our day, you know, when we live in a day and age in a culture where almost everyone has a different answer to the question, what is good? You know, our culture can't even define what a woman is. You think that would be simple, but sorry, Um, but. They, they, they certainly can't define what is, what is good, you know, um, and most people in our world, most people we interact with would not even recognize or admit that there's an absolute good or an absolute evil, that there is some standard of, of goodness by which all things are measured. Uh, you think about the world we live in, the uh, culture, the media, the entertainment, uh, they continue to blur the lines between good and evil, right and wrong. Um, and so that makes it difficult to define, uh, but I also think it makes it easier to spot. Um, So before we know what goodness is, uh, we need to know its source, and uh, we need to know its quality so we can see it in our own lives. So the first thing you'll see in your outlines there is we have a problem, Um, and the uh, problem that we need to address before we can cover goodness, it is a humanistic sacred cow, Uh, and I'm going to have to do it to you this morning. Uh, there's an idol that we must destroy, and I'm here to tell you that you are not good. I am not good, and I know telling someone they're not good is like telling a woman her baby's ugly, uh, but we are ugly babies, all of us born in sin, all of us born ugly. No one wants to hold us, no one wants to feed us, and especially not a perfect and holy God. Um, and it's, it's helpful for us to understand that no good originates within us. We, we must begin there. Um, and this, our flesh struggles against this, and especially the world around us struggles with this, because we like to assume the goodness of man. We like to assume, we, I, I just hope, and, and I know that all people are, are good deep down. And then we want to put God on trial. How dare you call me not good? How dare you say I'm not worthy to come before you on my own? Before we even think about goodness, we have to ask ourselves, if you've read the Bible, you've been in church for a while, if you know the condition of your own heart, can my goodness stand up to God's? Uh, I want to bring us to a couple passages, one being, uh, first being, 
Here we go. Romans 3, 10 through 12. No one is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks after God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good. Not even one. And that's not just mean old Paul. Paul is quoting David in Psalm 14 and Psalm 53. This is the nature of the human heart. No one does good. This is, this is pretty clear. So how then, if it doesn't originate within us, how do we know what is good? And likewise, we must also ask, then who is good? And the answer to both is the same. Because Jesus tells us in Luke 18, 19, no one is good except God alone. This is where we must begin. It is God who is perfectly good. It is God who is the source of all good. And goodness must be seen in relation to the only one who is good in and of himself. And so our problem also should at this point bring to our mind that every sin, every imperfection makes us unworthy to stand before him. And so this is why we, I want to tell you why we begin here. Because to appreciate the beauty, we must first face the ugliness. You can't appreciate peace if you have not been through war. You can't appreciate food if you have not been hungry. And we can't appreciate goodness until we know how much we need it. So that's the problem. Is there a solution? You bet there is. What is the solution to our goodness problem? Let's begin to put this together. Number one, we've already seen only God is good. And number two, uh, man is not good. And so in order to be reconciled to God, we've got a goodness problem. We need an impartation of goodness. And this is why God, out of love, takes on human form. This is Jesus Christ, who is perfect in every way, and especially goodness. The goodness takes on flesh. And when he goes to the cross and unites himself to us, that's where our goodness problem is solved. Um, Isaiah 53, 6 says, All we, like sheep, have gone astray. There's the problem. Every one of us, no one of us does good. We have all turned. We have every one of us have gone his own way. But on him, he laid the iniquity of us all. If you're familiar with Isaiah 53, this is the passage of the suffering servant, the one who will lay his life down, the one who bears the iniquities of his people. The other thing about this suffering servant we know from the New Testament, we know from John, he's a good shepherd. We need a good shepherd. Why? Because if you know anything about sheep, they are stupid, wayward creatures. They, don't, they only think about the next bite, and they wander off into, into ditches and uh, will walk you know, right off a cliff. But they need a good shepherd to, to see them, to seek them, to come after them. But our shepherd doesn't just seek us. He lays down his life for us. Because without him, we'd still be wandering off on our own, doomed to death. And the reality is we are too stupid and too sinful to save ourselves. This is why we are so often called sheep in the Bible. And so, because our solution comes for us through faith in him, 
he credits his goodness to our account. Let me paint a picture for you. Um, some of you, some of us, may have been in that time where you open up your, your, your bank statement and you see uh, a color you don't want to see. You see red. You know what red means? Red means that your account has less than zero in it. So when you think about an account, you don't ever want to see red on any financial statement, right? But think about an account where every sin, every sinful thought, everything you've ever committed becomes a negative mark on that account. We are, we are born into this world in the negative, in a sinful nature. And the more that we walk in, in, in sin, the greater our balance gets further from zero in the wrong direction. We have an infinitely negative account until Christ comes and he transforms our heart and he gives us his life. And that account goes from negative to zero. Now we're back at, at, at square one when he pays for our sin. But you know what he also does? He becomes sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. He adds his goodness to our account. So before, when we were infinitely negative, now we are infinitely in the positive. We have the full righteousness and goodness of Christ added to our account as if we had earned it ourselves. This is the greatest benefactor you will ever have. And so now, once we've dealt with our problem, once we've dealt with the solution that, that God has given us, hopefully this should help add weight uh, to the goodness that Paul adds in this list of the fruit of the Spirit. Anybody good so far? All right, good. Uh, number three in your, in your uh, outline. Explanation. Now let's look at the fruit of the Spirit. Um, and so when you're dealing with any two verses in Scripture, these are only two little verses, chapter 5 of Galatians, uh, 22 and 23. I want you to turn to Galatians in your Bibles. Hopefully you have one with you. So anytime we look at a couple verses in, in Scripture, um, yeah, there you go. Uh, we want to see it in, in context. So for you guys who have your Bibles, Gold Star, we're going to go to the very beginning of chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Who's the us here? It's talking to Christians. It's talking to believers. It's talking to those who have been washed by the blood of Christ, who have that, that positive bank account that we, that, that we talked about. And so it's those who are set free by the, by the blood of Christ. Free men. Jump to verse 13. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flow. Now, so when we Remember this when we get into the fruit of the Spirit, because often our temptation when we see a list like the fruit of the Spirit, we, we read, okay, I need to do all these things so that God is pleased with me. We, we're, we're men. We see lists. We're used to lists. Okay, I got a list. I got to check this off. 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 This is not a list of things for you to do. This is a list of fruit given to free men. This is the fruit of the Spirit. This is not the fruit of Tim or, or, or Chris or Brett or anyone else. These are gifts of God. So that's helpful when we get there. Uh, and we'll get there in just a moment. But picking up in verse 16, uh, what signifies new life in Christ? 
What is a characteristic of every free man in Christ? Let's begin reading. But I say to you, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For if the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. So remember, before Christ, there is no goodness in us. There's no battle within us. It's not the, the Spirit battling against the, the, the flesh. We're just running full speed with the flesh. But when we're born again, when Jesus says we're born by the Spirit, we now have the Spirit of God. Jesus told his disciples, it's better that I go because I'm going to send my Spirit and he will remain with you and he'll teach you and he'll preserve you. But we're still in this wretched, sinful body that wants to fight and war against the Spirit of God. And so the nature of the Christian life is one that has lived in the Spirit but at war with the flesh. And, um, and, and so then, when we see this list, it stands in stark contrast um, to the evil and, and uh, wicked that, wickedness that's in our, our flesh. Now, the, the works of the flesh are evident. Here's a great teaching tool. Anytime you want to know what, what something is, you first must define what it isn't. It is very helpful to understand light when you contrast it against darkness. It is very helpful to understand sweetness when you contrast it against salty. This is the, 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 the saltiness, the, uh, and, and not in a good way, of our lives. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, adult, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Well, that's pretty clear. That's the world. That's the old man. That's me before Christ. I don't want to be marked by, by, by these things. Um, but what I do want to be marked with, the fruit of the Spirit, the, the, the fruitful outworking of what Christ has done in me, you guys are going through these. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And bonus, verse 24, did I include that? No. Verse 24, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So, bringing all that together, looking at it in, in, in context, this is not a passage about your, your morning to-do list, I got to wake up and do all these things. If you are in Christ, you have all these things because they have been given you, given to you by Christ because his spirit dwells within you. So this is an encouragement for us, not another um, burden and weight that we must carry. Uh, you, know, you know what's interesting? Fun fact. If you do a search of the word goodness in the Bible, every single instance of the word goodness in the Old Testament is applied to guess who? God alone. Every single use of the word goodness is applied to God alone in the Old Testament. But now in the New Testament, goodness is actually applied to the people of God because we are united with Christ. It is a foreign characteristic that we do not possess apart from Christ. That now in Christ is ours. It's amazing. Um, I love what uh, David says in Psalm 16 too. 
you are my Lord and I have no good apart from you. David is a man who knew his own sin well, the man after God's own heart. And he has a lot to teach us. You are my Lord and I have no good apart from you. But Lord, I have you and you are the source of all good. So as we kind of uh, move into our last point here, spending a little time on, on some application. Uh, I want to give you three principles. Um, this, is not a, um, this is not a talk about practice. Goodness is a characteristic that is inherent within believers. Um, it's not something I can teach you how to be good. But there are principles I want you to understand, and I want us as uh, Christian men and I, I hope that you are in Christ, because if you are in Christ, you have the joy of the Spirit and the peace of the Spirit and the love of the Spirit and the patience of the Spirit. We just don't always like it. But you also have the goodness of the Spirit. And don't worry about if the world can define it or not. We, as new creatures, are now defined by Christ, and we have His goodness. So, uh, number one, real goodness, brothers, is a divine quality. It doesn't originate within us. We bring no goodness to the table. As David says, I have no good apart from you. What goodness is? It is God's goodness flowing out of his people. This is not a generic goodness available to anyone. This is not something that someone can take a loan out and, and buy. It has been purchased, but it can only be purchased by Christ. And it is only given to those who are in Christ. Jesus told us in John 7 that if you believe in me, out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. As long as Christ lives, we live. And as long as Christ is good, we have goodness. You know the difference between a river and a pond? A river's alive. A river flows. A river doesn't stop. Ponds are stagnant. Scum gathers in ponds but rivers move, rivers have life. This is how Jesus describes the life of believers. And think about it like this. We have in Christ a, a river of goodness flowing out of our heart, a river of peace, a river of joy, a river of grace and mercy, because he supplies it. Number two, if you are alive in Christ, you can actually do good in God's sight. I hate to break it to you. There is no good in God's sight apart from Christ. Now, in Christ, you can do good in God's sight. That's pretty amazing. If you think you can do good apart from God, you don't know yourself and you don't know God. God is that good that we can offer nothing to him. And even what we do offer that, that's, that's good, it originates with him. Jesus also told us that every good tree bears good fruit. Jesus takes bad sheep and turns them into good trees. And then he promises us that when I make you a good tree, I will, you will bear fruit. You will have goodness. You will be pleasing in my sight. Because I've made you that. Now, then the, the, uh, the question comes up. Do non-believers do good things? Absolutely. But we have to define 
what we mean by good. If you pay your taxes, you give to charity, you uh, help a little old woman across the street, you can do civic good and you, re you receive civic rewards. But you can't expect heavenly rewards for civic good. So we can say, yeah, they do good things in the eyes of man. But to paying your taxes and giving to charity and opening the door for a woman at, at, at a restaurant, does that gain you heavenly reward? Absolutely not. Not apart from Christ. So we have to distinguish between spiritual good that is pleasing in the eyes of God and, and, and that carries on for eternity because it is done in the Spirit by the people of God and, and uh, civic good. So, uh, if you remember, the Pharisees kept every letter of the law outside. They were as good as men could be on the outside. They were dead inside. But you know what's amazing? That now even when we do civic good, when we do simple things, like pay our taxes as we should, and help with little ladies across the street as we should, and love and serve and help and care for people, that good actually is a spiritual good. It is an eternal good that stores up heavenly rewards that God is pleased with, not because he's pleased with the action, but because he's pleased with you. Because he finds pleasure in his people, because he finds pleasure in his son, and his son united to his people gives us a a different uh more deep view of goodness hopefully and so then now everything good that we do is pleasing to god because of christ um then the last one number three and here's the uh, big one for most guys for the christian Doing good now is not a source of guilt or obligation, but is a source of joy and gratefulness and privilege. Let me just say that again. And maybe just a hearty amen, because I know most of us feel like, man, I, I must keep doing good to prove to God how good I am so that he will still be pleased with me because, man, I know I screwed up yesterday. But now in Christ, doing good is not seen as some sort of guilt or obligation, but is seen as a source of joy and gratefulness. Now it is a privilege to be called good in the eyes of God. And so we, we get to do good out of gratefulness. We are incredible sinners. Absolutely. But we have been given incredible grace. And that grace flows out of us because of Christ. So, men, when we give, when we serve, when we help, when we encourage others, when we do the, the little things, whether people notice or not, we can do it to the glory of God. And God is pleased with you in Christ. And when others notice the goodness in us, we praise God. 
and we can humbly tell them the source of any goodness in us. Tells us a lot about our heart when we receive compliments, when people comment on good things that we do. Do we seek the praise for ourselves, as if the source of the goodness came from us? Or do we seek to praise God, who has given us the goodness? And then the reality is, what happens when I don't do good? What happens when I struggle? What happens when I fail again and again and again? We praise God who is gracious to forgive. Because the river doesn't stop flowing when we stop paddling. We praise God who gives as much grace as he does goodness. And in case you, you forget or you struggle or I forget or I struggle, he has given us his spirit as a guarantee. It is his spirit who is producing fruit within us. Even when we don't feel like watering the tree and pruning the tree and fertilizing the tree, and sometimes we do get lazy, and sometimes we do fail, often we fail. It is the spirit within us who is producing any fruit, who is working within us. And so we have all the more reason to thank God and to praise God and to be a witness uh, for God's goodness in our lives. So let's sum it all up uh, in your big idea. Uh, the goodness of Christ produces goodness in his people. The goodness of Christ produces goodness in his people. Uh, Heavenly Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you that you are all powerful. You are all wise. You are all knowing. You are Lord over all creation, and you are good. You are merciful, you are gracious, you are loving, you are patient, you are kind, all the things we are not. We praise you that you would grant these things to us, that we would be partakers of your divine nature, that we would be given divine gifts that we don't deserve. Lord, help your people to be grateful, to be joyful, to be thankful, uh, to look to our Savior and his love and goodness to us, his sacrifice that cleansed us, that saved us, and that sealed us through your Holy Spirit. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. You can find the Man in the Mirror Bible Study wherever you listen to podcasts as well as on our YouTube page. If you have found this helpful, please subscribe, give us a five-star rating, and share the podcast with friends. Since 1986, Man in the Mirror has been teaching the Bible, helping us reflect deeply as men and apply God's truth to our lives. This Bible study is recorded in front of a live audience every Friday morning outside of Orlando, Florida. If you need help navigating your life or leading other men, please go to maninthemirror.org and check out our vast library of Bible study videos, blogs, and articles on Christian growth and leadership. There are plenty of resources you can use to grow in your faith and help others grow too. At maninthemirror.org, you will find books written just for men, helpful materials for your church's ministry to men, and even a potential career in men's discipleship. If you're a man personally struggling in life, or you need help in discipling men, please send us an email at biblestudy at maninthemirror.org and let us know how we can help.